Welcome to the Bolt from the Blue podcast and uh, this is Bernard here and I've got the hosting duties today on Bolt from the Blue so it's my honourable, honourable duty to do this and of course uh, the team's all here though, we're all, we're all in situ and I'm going to try and keep them in, in line today if that's possible. Of course uh, we have, first of all we have of course Mr Bolt from the Blue, uh, Mike. Mike, how are you doing mate? Yeah, I'm doing great mate. Um, had a little bit of a... Um, uh, uh, Tommy turned for the for the worst for uh, a couple of weeks or so, but that's kind of be, to be expected. But um, everything's okay now, and, and uh, everything's back to normal. Super, and of course we have the redoubtable uh, Mr. Ray Bubbles with us as well. Obviously, I think he's had a few internet problems recently, Ray. But you're all firing tonight, no oh, problem. I'm firing? Oh yeah, I, our internet has been uh, shocking. It was down, um, and trying to work off uh, off your phone isn't great. In another country, when you're limited to how much uh, um, cellular data you've got, now now that we've got this wonderful Brexit, so I'm back up and running uh, 100% again. Super, and of course, last but never least, we have the legend, the legend that is Colin. Colin, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Le- legend, I think, as we move. Le- legend in his own lunchtime. <laughs> so he's there, he's studiously making notes, guys. I can see what he's doing for you. So obviously we'll have a, an intellectual, uh, some stimulating stuff later on when we have a look at the league tables and various things. But before we talk about City, uh, Mike, can I just come to you? Uh, I've been on a little bit of a special the other day. I, I couldn't quite make it. I'm not, I don't think the guy's good. But uh, you had a certain gentleman on. Can you tell us a little bit about it and where people can tune into this? Yeah, yeah, guys, this is Don Grant. I mean, this is a very, very special guy. And um, City fans might remember him for when he stood up um, in January of 2020 and put that sign up against uh, VAR. But uh, that's not what he's famous for. Um, He is uh, an incredible artist. And he has been um, doing um, what we would call pop art, uh, for um, football for many years. And uh, he is an, an adopted Mancunian. Uh, he lives in Manchester now uh, with his wife and his kids. He's a wonderful guy, a wonderful guy. And um, uh, guys, if you go on to um, YouTube and you just um, key in Bolt from the Blue, um, all in um, small letters, with no spaces, you'll see uh, that particular uh, interview that uh, we did with um, John Grant. He's got wonderful stories to tell, especially about Vincent Company and uh, all of the wonderful art uh, that he has done that you can uh, easily order uh, for your friends and relatives if you want. But this is a, he is a fantastic guy, a real, real Manchester City guy. And uh, I vote that we we induct him into the Manchester City Hall of Fame. This guy is something special, guys. Well, that's uh, that's great. I mean, I did actually listen into it today or watch it today, and obviously it was nice to see Mike with all that hair. I'm not used to seeing guys uh, on this show with too much hair, to be honest. But it was nice to see uh, Mike and Don. I mean, well, obviously Don's got his hat on, hasn't he? Which is uh, obviously a well-known thing for Don, isn't it? To wear that little hat. Did you ask him about? It? I don't think you did, Mike. Did you? What? Where did that hat come from? Do you know? Have you any idea where where he where he got it from? Is it the same I, one or swapping chains? I didn't ask him about that, but uh, but on his um, on his Facebook account, he he uh, styles himself as a a hat wearer, and he wears it very very well. And um, I think he, he you know he reminds me of Ray. He, he looks like <laughs> Ray. You know. What an artist! <laughs> well, some some kind of artist, anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So listening to that, guys, because it is is an excellent and Don's gets some some of his artwork out and he shares it with us and it's great to see. And I must admit, if we had a had a few more quid in the bank, I'd be probably buying a few of those uh, images and and stuff that Don's got. They're absolutely fantastic. Right, guys, let's talk. Let's go, let's cast our minds back. Let, let's go back. Uh, oh, the nineteenth of December. It seems it seems ages ago to me. I'm absolutely in the dim and distant past. Ray, I'm going to come to you. Obviously, it's fresh in your 
your memory, of course, is uh, victory at Newcastle. Yes, a 4-0 victory. We'll have a brief word on it. We won't we won't go too much on it tonight. But uh, uh, first half, we were 2-0 up, Ray. What, what do you remember about any of the sort of key incidents? About the goals, what can, what can you remember about them? Um, 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 the first one, I mean, Newcastle was shocking. Let's get that out straight away. We were decent. I don't think we were phenomenal. Um um, I don't think the scoreline flattered us because I don't I don't think Newcastle were good at all. And us firing at 50-60% is probably enough to win a game like that when the team's performing like that. They gifted us a, a goal after about five minutes, didn't they? Um, Cross came in from Concello. It's a nice move, um, but it should have been an easy, easy cross to take, deal with. The defender did nothing, the goalie did nothing, and it just bounced there. And, and was it Ruben Diaz just said, thank you very much, and he put it in. Uh, so it was a great start for Zerlion. And then um, uh, Cancelo's got an absolutely storm of thunderbolt. Um, he picked the ball up um, not much in, uh, into their half, took a couple of players on. Very weak defending, I've got to say, uh, to let him pass so easily. Got near the box. Um, the centre-backs came out and then they kind of turned their backs on him when he was shooting, which is crazy. And as some commentators have said, and, and, and I'm sure... Most of us, if we were playing, we'd have put our bodies on the line. We'd have thrown ourselves into that, trying to block it. Uh, and they didn't. And he, he rifled a shot past the keeper. 2-0, um, you know, generally, generally when we're up 2-0, uh, we go on to win the game quite comfortably. Um, and actually, it proved um, against Newcastle. Yeah, that was uh, tw- that was 27 minutes, wasn't it, guys, that we went 2-0 up. And uh, Colin, I'll come to you very shortly after. We had probably another big talking point, uh, a certain refereeing decision, a certain Mr Edison who had a bit of a rush of blood, which is his tendency to do. What, what do you remember about that little incident on uh, 30 minutes? Yeah, well, um, Newcastle player had the ball. Tanchella took it off him um, and, and Edison came rushing out clattered into the Newcastle player. Now, you know, you can look at it from various angles and think, you look at one angle and think the player made the most of it, you look at another angle and you think Edison was was rash, and we know he can do that. But I think um, I think everyone's expected a penalty, but I think the saving grace was that um, Cancelo, had the, Cancelo had the ball, it was under, under control. The, the Newcastle player didn't look like he was going to get to Cancelo, and I think that's what probably... Saved us. Although um, the ref could just as easily have given a penalty. Well, he shouldn't, Colin. Seriously, it shouldn't have saved us, should it? Because you know, you foul someone off the ball, it's a free kick, and you'll get punished for it. And you can argue that was an off the ball incident because the ball ball had gone. And it, it, it took the player out. There's no question about that. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think we were a bit lucky to get away with that. To be honest. But as I, as I say, the only thing I can think of is that um, Cancelo had the ball and the control was coming away. But I, I don't know. Uh, yes, you, you couldn't have complained if we'd um, if a penalty had been given for that. I don't think. Well, well, Mike. I mean, obviously, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, obviously, the, I think the week before there were certain decisions, uh, penalties being given left, right, and centre. I think they actually mentioned on match of the day, didn't they, uh, Mike? That uh, they seem to change it week after week, and VAR gets involved sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, uh, what were your thoughts? What thoughts on on that sort of the comments and the VAR and the referee, Mike? Well, that's the funny thing because um, I was actually talking about that with uh, with Don Grant, and obviously he was uh, famous for the one that stood up uh, in January of 2020 and put that uh, sign up and uh, talking about um, uh, VAR. But it, it's you know, guys, it's it's really very uh, difficult to predict what they're going to do. I mean, I I, I can never. Um, confidently say what's going to happen when these things uh, go through, and um, I, I just I turn that over to Colin and say I, I'm I really have got no idea what is going to result when uh, players go through like that. No, um, uh, yeah, it's you know we've seen Edison do it before, haven't we? He had no need to. The ball was under control. Even if the Newcastle player got the ball, um. It was still it's a tight angle. He still should have been able to cover it. So yeah, I say I, I I think we were very lucky. And actually, that that first half, um, I I posted something on Twitter which I got a bit pelters for from a few people from a few people that said if you didn't know that this was a team, you know, favourites for the title against the team that was favourites for relegation, you sorry if you, if you were told 
you'd get the wrong team. Because I thought Newcastle played quite well in that first half. Or I thought we were appalling. And and some people gave me a bit of pelters for that. But Pep even said that was one of our worst half performances of the season. Probably our worst performance of the season in that first half. You know, we didn't look like uh, a team chasing the title at all that first half, I don't think. It was yeah, very strong performance. Yeah, I mean, Ray, we'll come to obviously 2-0 at half-time. We'll, we'll, we'll take that. I mean, I was dreading Maximan coming on and causing absolute havoc. Uh, I did say it at half-time on Twitter. You know, obviously, this guy's got to come on because our defence, we looked a bit dodgy. Let's be honest, as Colin was saying there, we did look a bit iffy. But uh, uh, the sort of uh, mass attacks from Newcastle, after about the first five minutes, it sort of dried up a little bit. And again, we're going to talk... Uh, Another goal from a, a hero of yours. Obviously, we all oh, know yeah. he's a big hero. Uh, to make it three 0 on sixty-four minutes. Can you? Well, you guys always rib me, but I've got a Mares shirt, so don't worry. I've got a Mares shirt. <laughs> so um, just through the Mares goal. Um, I might wear it next time. Oh, the, the Mares goal. The cross coming from the left. Uh, I can't remember who put the cross in. Um, was Phil Ford Zinchenko. Zinchenko. Sorry, Zinchenko. Um, and it actually it was probably the one good thing Zinchenko did in the whole game, if I if I'm right. Um, and he put a nice cross in there. Maris timed his run perfectly, um, left unmarked. He you know volleyed it in, slotted it past uh, the keeper. Keeper had obviously no chance, and he was given offside initially as Liverpool just hit one over the bar. I'm just watching that game. That's <laughs> um, But yeah, it was it was it was nicely tucked away, uh, given offside. Maris knew he was onside. You know, he was looking across the line, he knew, and um, obviously VAR had a look, and uh, he, it was a goal to Mahrez. Uh, but it was, a, it was a nicely taken goal. I mean, the cross was good. Uh, the marking was non-existent, and he just had to get a good contact, and he did that, and, um, you know, it was a nice, easy goal. Yeah, I mean, 3-0, Pep rung the changes then. He accepted it was pretty much game over. He brought Ferner on for Rodri, uh, brought Stones on for Diaz and Palmer for Mahrez. Uh, I'll come to you, um, Mike. Obviously, there was going to be... Edison was going to rep- sort of get some of his reputation back. He, he did a, not a bad little save. Uh, I don't know what you remember about that. And also, of course, on 86 minute, we added a fourth. Uh, any thoughts on that, Mike? Well, it was a stunning save by Edison. Uh, I, I think that... Um, he is so uh, underrated because we don't expect anything from him, really, um, apart from these uh, long crosses into the box. Um, just to go back to what um, Ray was sharing uh, earlier, I-, I found it absolutely stunning. There-, there must have been about three or four occasions when balls were looped right over onto the um, onto the right-hand side and he trapped it dead like he always does. He was amazing. Uh, he was absolutely amazing, Mahrez. But um, Ederson goes under the radar, doesn't he? Because um, we, we, we don't expect any uh, fireworks. We don't expect any uh, big mistakes. He obviously makes a mistake here and there. But um, guys, I think Ederson was um, cool as a cucumber in this game. Yeah, I mean, just just to finish off the, the fourth goal, uh, Carl, I'll come to you, Colin. Obviously, uh, Jesus flits in and out at the moment. We don't see much of him, but uh, he set it out pretty nicely, didn't he, that, that last goal? Yeah, yeah, it was, um, you know, we, we picked up a bit in the second half and uh, he set up Raheem Sterling, who's uh, got on the scoring habit, hasn't he, these days? He's, re- yeah. well, he's remembered the scoring habit. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about him more when we talk about the Leicester game, but... Uh, yeah, no, that was 4-0 and job done. And, and we haven't played. Certainly the first half we haven't played particularly well, I don't think. But I guys, think- I, I just want to say something here. I mean, the way that um, Newcastle were kind of co- uh, patrolling, I'm not going to say controlling, but patrolling uh, the midfield with uh, those two players. And then we saw that again against uh, United, if you watch that game. I'm, I'm sure you guys probably, probably didn't, but I did. But... Um, They've got like a couple of workhorses in in midfield there, and and um, I'm not sure if they can avoid the drop guys, but I think that they've got they've got something going on there if they can get that going uh, firing on a on a weekly basis. Yeah, I mean, I thought you could see the Eddie Howe influence, can't you? Certainly from the way they they played the ball about. I think we saw we saw that clearly. Any anything anything else on this guy on this game, guys? Before we move on to the uh, a one that obviously a nine goal thriller we're going to talk about in a moment. Any anything else, Ray or Colin, on on your thoughts on the Newcastle game? 
Nothing. No, not really. Not uh, for me. Nothing really, I want to say. It was a... Fairly straightforward. When I say the chances of staying up are, are low, but I think um, I think they've a chance. Depends who they buy, but um, you know, uh, Norwich. Well, actually, been unlucky with we um, losing a couple of players. Andy Lester just scored. The, the, you know they've uh, uh, they've been really unlucky. They got uh, Wilson out for for months by the looks of things with a looks like a calf strain, and uh, Saint Maximan is going to be out for at least a week or two. I think you know they. Uh, and Joe Linton uh, are, the, are the players that have been really doing pretty well for them. If they could sort their defence out, they'd have a chance because they're not out of it. They're six points off, I think. It's five or six points off um, safety. So why why can't they? Why can't they, um, you know, make up that difference in the second half of the season? If if they can sort the defence out, they've got a chance. I think all teams, like Watford, if Watford can sort their defence out, They've got a chance. I don't think they will under Claudio Radnieri, but I think everybody's got a chance to get out of there. Um, and uh, Newcastle is as good as any if they got you know spend a bit of money, get a couple of good defenders in, they can get out. Yeah, my, my only worry about Newcastle is Eddie Howe. He's not yeah. a defensive coach, but I, I think not Norwich and probably Watford are going down, and there's Burnley down there. Um, you know, um, I think they've a chance to escape. Chance to escape, but they've got to be better defensively. Mm. Uh, who's, that little, uh, who's that little red-haired guy they've got in midfield? Looks a little bit like a Fraser. young Paul Skulls. Fraser? Yeah. Is that the one that's from Bournemouth? He looks muster, doesn't he? Yeah. Interesting, guys. Well, I mean, let's face it. It's going to be an interesting, interesting last half of the season for Newcastle anyway. But, uh, let's be honest about it. Uh, we don't really care that much, do we, guys, about Newcastle? Let's move on. Let's move on regardless. Let's worry about City and let's worry about the next game we had, which was... Uh, uh, I, I like Newcastle. I like the Newcastle. Oh, I, I don't like Newcastle. No, right. Let's. You know, you think politically, as, as we're going to do these days. Colin, they're going down with a million in the bank. As a, <laughs> as a Saudi-owned club, you, you'd imagine they are allies in the Premier League. So yeah. I want them there just for that. Well, they are our allies in in terms of you know if we ever talk about it again, the um, uh, fair value things and, and sponsorships. It was the only two clubs voted against it. One was Newcastle, and one was City. Yep. There you go. So we're we're in league together. So they are all right. All right, they're good guys. I'll let you off. I'll, I'll <laughs> stick up for them then. No problem. Right, guys. This is a bit more fresh in our memories. Uh, an interesting nine-goal thriller. Uh, we do. We have had those in the past. I'm fairly sure. Not that can this spring to mind at the moment. I'll start with uh, you, Mike, on the, on the team against. Obviously, we're going to talk Manchester City against Leicester City on Boxing Day. Uh, I'm just going to have a look at the... I'm not going to give you the Leicester team. We're not bothered about that particularly. We'll talk about certain Leicester players in a minute. But obviously, uh, the City team uh, for that game, which I've got here somewhere, if I just find me, find me little notes, Edison, Cancelo, Diaz, Laporte, Zinchenko, Ferner for Rodri, who's obviously disappeared somewhere, Bernardo, Gundogan, KDB, Mares, and Sterling. Uh, was that was that sort of with a half-fit Leicester team, Mike? Was that... Uh, uh, certainly comfortable enough for you thinking there yeah, that'll do the job. It was, it was, it was, it, it was a comfortable lineup. I mean, I was a, I was a little bit surprised to see Zinchenko in there, um, and uh, obviously there, there've been quite a lot of comments on um, social media about Fernandinho not, not um, um, having the dynamism that he used to have, and he was trusted in there with uh, De Bruyne on one side and Gundogan on the other. Um, obviously, no Phil Foden, no Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I think I, Kevin De Bruyne was there, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I definitely remember a player in the number 17 shirt who looked. <laughs> no, what I was saying is uh, De Bruyne was on one side of Fernandinho and Gundogan was on the other, right? And you had um, revolving front nines with uh, Bernardo Silva, uh, Sterling, and Maris. Um, I, I I kind of hoped that Phil Foden would be in there. I, is he still kind of like on the naughty step because of drinking? I don't think so anymore. He's he's been out. Obviously, was out injured. Uh, he's come back, um, and other players are doing well. You can't you know deny that. You know we. we hey, still, what what do you think about that 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 whole sort of like um, incident uh, with uh, Grealish? 
I mean, they have to learn, don't they? They have to, they have to learn. These players at the end of the day, the boss is the boss, and he shouldn't. If he's if he's told them that they're allowed to have a little drink, drink or two, which is fair enough. But I mean, he's talking about going out for a meal like, with the family or friends and having a, a glass of wine. He doesn't mean nightclubs. So these guys should know this. So uh, I, th- I think obviously he's cut. He might be cutting his nose off to spite his face. We perhaps could have done with folding in a certain, you know, in a, in a certainly certain the latest game, if you like, playing from the start and the game before that. But we got through him and uh, he's got the squad to be able to do that and I think he was quite right uh, do, you, do you guys agree? I think um, it wasn't a, so much a case that they went out it was more a case of apparently the, the way they turned up for training they turned up for training so when they were a bit hung over or something or not quite on it then um, you know football you've got to be at your best haven't you physically at your best and, um, if you're turning up for, uh, Pep doesn't accept anything but second best anything but sorry doesn't accept second best. You've got to be 100. percent They look Carlos Tevez, who you know he would he would fly over overnight from Argentina, uh, yeah. land in the morning, and turn up for a game uh, and be our best player and look like he'd been you know resting all week. So look, I, personally, I think um, they made a mistake. Fordham's that's a couple Fordham's made uh, recently in the last year and a half. Um, Grealish has had some incidents whilst he was at um, Villa. It's disappointing for a, a lad of his age, you know, uh, to still have uh, that in him. Um, I hope that he, you know, he can sort it out. Um, I think you know, I was asked tonight: is is Greeley still like, frozen? And I don't think he's frozen because I think Foden come on the other other uh, against Leicester, so you know he's not frozen out. I, I just think right now, we'll talk about it. Sterling's took his chance in the last few games. He scored a few goals. I think five in five. Um, and Maros has taken his chance, scored some goals um, and, and been looking a bit dangerous. Some of that might be the opposition. It's been, you know, some, some weak opposition at times, uh, but they've taken their chances. So Foden and Grealish have to uh, work their way back. And uh, when they do get a chance, take it. I think I probably ask Bernard, Bernard this question. Um, uh, he's a little bit of a scallywag, isn't he? Um, uh, Grealish. Leading, leading Foden astray a little bit, Grealish, don't, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just—I don't know. I've mean, I just done my uh, player ratings, and Grealish was quite high uh, in the player ratings. But he—he he, say he's not young, is he? This is what is a bit of a worry. He's not as always a teenager. He's not as always a twenty-year-old lad. He should know a little bit better. And he's got—he's—he's he's got no street. He's got no cred, has he, at City at the moment with Pep? Uh, and you think he'd have the intelligence to know that uh, he has to sort of uh, knuckle down, certainly, and obviously. Yeah, he sort of just. Uh, I, hope, I hope this will help him anyway because I do like him. I like him as a guy. I think he's, he speaks well. He seems a, a good lad. Um, you know, so hopefully this will be the slap on the wrist that'll uh, that'll get him back on side. Listen, let, let's talk about the game, guys. I mean, obviously it was nine goals, so it fits nicely in with three of you, doesn't it? This with nine goals, so we can we can talk about that first twenty-five minutes. Um, Colin, I'll come to you first. I mean, City were on fire, weren't they, for that first twenty-five minutes? Um, uh, obviously, we'll just just let's just chat about the first three goals uh, before before we carry on. Then we'll let Ray take over from uh, goal yeah, number four. Remember them now. It, it, was, it was well. I'll, I'll help you, Ray. Don't worry. Well, uh, so well, obviously, well, if you well, remember, Colin, can you remember the first three goals, or do you need well, any help? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as we were poor against Newcastle in that first half, in, in my view, we came out determined to make amends. I, mean, I don't. I've rarely seen us as uh, intense as that. Uh, you know, we put them under tremendous pressure, didn't we? And you just knew a goal was coming, and um, it didn't take long for the for the goal to come. I think we'd had one opportunity. Katie Beard had one opportunity in the first few minutes, but then um, there was a, a kind of a lofted pass from Fernandinho, which didn't look to be terribly dangerous. One of those that hung in the air, and it fell to KDB, who was in the area, um, and could easily have fallen to a Leicester player. But um, uh, KDB kind of picked the ball up. Turned his back to goal, and then uh, I can't remember who it was made, made a run outside him, which took a defender away, and he just turned inside and uh, let a left left foot shot go into uh, inside the far post, beating Schmeichel. So so that was one nil up, and, it, and you, you, even that was what the fifth minute. Even then, you could see it come. You could see that coming, and and, and we just carried on in the same vein, and we were just absolutely re- um, relentless. And Leicester were clearly rattled. Because um, we got a corner and uh, it, it was my end of the field and you'd have seen this. So I'm right behind this and 
Even before the corner was taken, there was a lot of pushing and shoving by the Leicester players. Uh, and you wouldn't get away with that in NFL, let alone in, in, in our version of football. So um, the referee, uh, Chris Cavanagh, had a word with the Leicester players. So they shouldn't have been surprised at what happened next. And the, the only surprise was um, that, that nothing happened instantly because the ball came over. And, and Yuri Tillman, was a great player, Tillman, he just wrestled Laporte to the ground. And, and again, we knew we talked about the Edison penalty. Didn't we? If if the ball's miles away, you might think about that and get away with it. You shouldn't really, but you, you might think about get, getting away. But the ball was heading towards Laporte, and um, just I'm just amazed the referee having was, already. Was, was, was Rodri wrestled to the ground? Laporte he was involved with another player before that, wasn't he? Oh, was it was Diaz. Diaz was getting manhandled uh, as well. Diaz. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Diaz. They're all getting manhandled. Yeah. yeah. Rodri wasn't on the. On the pitch, you, sorry, uh, yeah, Diaz, yeah, sorry, Diaz. Yeah, or unless he was masquerading as Kevin De Bruyne. Um, <laughs> so uh, the ball went out of play, and we're we all screaming for a penalty because it's fairly obvious. And um, eventually, the referee trotted over to the monitor. You know, once he goes over, over to the monitor, he's probably going to give it. Uh, Brendan Rogers had the nerve to say it was soft. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you wouldn't get away with that in NFL, let alone in. In our football, Diaz. The, yeah. the thing was, they were fouling Diaz as well. So you can't say every corner would would lead to a penalty. Well, I know, a, it was fairly blatant, and B, if players are being wrestled down, it should lead to a penalty. Well, the thing is, they they made a mess on their defending because they had the zonal marking. They had the four defenders yeah. uh, in on the edge of the six yard box zonal, and then they had Ihinacho, and I can't remember who else trying to uh, um, cope with Diaz and the port. And it's a mismatch. And yep. the thing, and Tielemans it was, Ian Hatcher and Tielemans, he's got no chance. Um, and they were just holding them. They were not looking at the ball. They were just holding the place all the time. And actually, the referee should have given a penalty again for the foul on Diaz before the foul on the port. And the referee was looking straight at it. Yep. And he didn't give it. It's crazy. What was he looking at? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't... Yeah. You wonder what goes through the head. I mean, we talked about the Edison penalty, of course, potential penalty. But, you know, and you wonder what goes through referees' heads. And, and that one was, you know, <laughs> it was anything but soft. It was blatant. Uh, and I think, again, we're all a bit nervous when Rian Mahrez steps up, but absolutely crashed into the top right-hand corner. No chance Michael was getting to it. And it was, what, 12 minutes with 2 and up, and you're thinking... Oh, you know, this is uh, that was actually that was actually very funny. That one, like um, Schmeichel clutching at thin air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you can't get to that top corner. You know where you can get to it. No physical way a keeper can get to it unless he moves early. So, and it was looking really good, and we just carried on, didn't we? And then um, Schmeichel, Schmeichel was involved again in the third one. He was uh, obviously didn't didn't cover himself in glory with that one, did he? Uh, no, in fact, we it could have been two one because. Um, James Madison stepped up to take a free kick about 25 yards out. Uh, and, we, and we know how deadly he can be. Uh, and it was a cracking free kick, but Edison got a hand to it, tipped it onto the bar, and it, it, it fell uh, It fell kindly for us. But, um, yeah, the, the, the third one, um, yeah, that was definitely a funny one. So, oh, yeah, the, the ball, it, it was a great piece of work. I think Bernardo had the ball out on the right. He, he played the ball into Kevin De Bruyne. And De Bruyne didn't hesitate. He flicked it out almost instantly to Cancelo, who was making an overlap uh, out on the right. Out on the right. And, and again, we were right opposite that, and it looked, thinking that that's offside. It looks offside, but it wasn't. Uh, and and Cancelo played the ball up across, and it was a good low cross. But it looked too close. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. It looked too close to Schmeichel, but for, he didn't get hold of it. He palmed it out right into um, Ilkay Gundogan's, who who had a fairly simple tap-in. I think he got a, a hand to it, didn't he, Schmeichel, but yeah. couldn't much about it. And, and that was, you know, 3-0, you think. Yeah. Well, you know. It's well, 3-0, three, uh, three wasn't it? Was it less than about 20 minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, but And, of course, you, you think back to last season, because it's behind closed doors. But Leicester put five pastors, of course. Three were penalty. Mm. And, and you think maybe that played a part in the players' wanting to get a bit of revenge for that, you know, because it's not very often we um, give away five goals at home. Um, 
So, so well, yeah. well, I'll, say, I'll save Ray for the last three goals and for the middle three, which are quite interesting. I'll, I'll, go, over, I'll go over to Mike. I'll go over to Mike. Three uh, 0 was soon uh, four, four, Mike. Let's just have a quick word about what happened with that. Mister Steeler was involved, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, um, Yuri Tiedemans, um, who everyone is uh, kind of lauding as a player to buy, he, he kind of just end up in the wrong place at the wrong time. This is kind of um, a situation where uh, Raheem uh, ra- basically just ran at uh, Yuri Tillemans um, uh, inside the area and just uh, drew a, fa- a foul for another spot kick. And I-, I think what confused me about it was I, I expected Marius to uh, to uh, step up again, but then this time it was given to um, Sterling, wasn't it? So... What is the penalty strategy here? <laughs> well, I mean, you could be cruel and say um, he bottled it and give it give it to Sterling. I think if it had been nil-nil or one-nil, Mares would have taken that penalty. Uh, but we were three-nil up. It looked like we were coasting. Um, you know, so you let, let Raheem have a penalty. He'll feel good about it. Mares has had one. You know, and actually, you could look at it another way as, as well and say it's good to have two players take confident penalties because there'll be, there'll be times when Maris isn't around and Sterling isn't around or whatever. So, you know, whoever's on the pitch at the time could take a, a really important penalty. And it's good that generally, I think, our penalty takers are good. KDB, Gundogan, Maris and Sterling. So that, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, and I think they've been practising, haven't they? They have. I mean, they hit the same spot, didn't they? Obviously, they must have the same spot to hit on the practice, so that, that must be it. So, Mike, we'll stick with you. It's 4-0 at half-time. It could have been 4-2 or 4-3, I think, uh, to be honest with you. I don't think that would have been unfair on City, because uh, Leicester had some half-chances, some uh, a couple of good saves, uh, some not great finishing, but uh, I think we were quite comfortable at 4-0, Mike. But uh, it wasn't long, was it, mate, before a, a bit of a comedy of errors at the back. Uh, uh, someone, it wasn't Steve Gerrard who slipped up. Someone else did, and then another guy wouldn't tackle because he didn't want to get booked. Uh, t- talk me through that uh, first comeback goal for Leicester, Mike. Yeah, I think this was um, James Madison again. I mean, he was um, probably the one uh, player who was a little bit of a, a, a thorn in our uh, our side, and he uh, sort of, uh, in my memory, he, he he kind of pickpocketed Gundogan, didn't he? And um, next one, that was the next one. That, that, that was the one after. But I mean, he was um, he, he was uh, he he was a bit of a thorn in our side, I think. And um, I'm Don't not like exactly help. sure. We 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 were very very comfortable at four 0 and um, and that was the danger, didn't it? From from the start of the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Far too lethargic and complacent. I think it was a combination, Colin. We were more lethargic because we were winning four 0 And actually, Pep said afterwards he talked to the team about. You know, be basically being switched on and be careful about a, a comeback. And Leicester changed things up because they were a mess at the back. They, they went to the yeah. a, a, a Castanier on a proper right back and pushed Shaw Brighton into midfield. And they played instead of four at the back, they, they ended up oops, uh, five at the back. I think just think they were more solid. They crowded us out. They didn't give us as much space out, out wide. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll, I, since I remember some of the goal, um, that first Leicester goal was. It, I think we give the ball away cheaply. They broke on us and the ball was knocked up to um, around the halfway line. And Madison was there with Laporte and Laporte slipped. Um, and that just gave Madison the ball, if, if that's... No, 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 Ray. I think it was um, Ruben Diaz. No, it was Laporte. No, it was Laporte who slipped. You don't think that uh, Diaz should have completely taken no, out? No, no, slipped and then Diaz bottled out of it. That was the, Diaz he bottled it. He, he should have taken the yellow. To get booked. He should have taken the yellow because um, he wouldn't have got sent off. He had a player behind him. Um, take the, I mean, that's what almost, and, you know, and for all the lauding that uh, and plaudits that Diaz gets, that was, you know, he, he made sort of a couple of bad mistakes, in my opinion, in this game. He should have taken the player out. And I'm not an advocate for, for, for cheating, for professional fouls, as they call it. But, you know, um, that's what almost any other defender would have done. Uh, and I, I really don't know why Diaz just. Uh, I think he could. I think he. Sorry. I think he could have got a legitimate tackle in there. Yeah. 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 He didn't. He didn't need to get. A, 
either go for a tackle, but he could not allow Madison to get past him. He couldn't allow him to nick the ball and get past him. Whether he grabs hold of him or whatever he does, either legitimately or uh, by a bit of dirty dark arts, um, he could not allow it him to get through. Once he was through, you know, Laporte's on his ass. Um, Rod, you know, um, Diaz has run past the ball. We were well outnumbered, and it was, you know, it was pretty straightforward after that. You know, a couple of passes, and uh, they'd scored. I, Edison had no chance. We were outnumbered. We'll come back to you. We can remember. Obviously, that's four. We're not panicking just yet as uh, City fans. Not quite. Uh, I looked at my lad when he went to four-one because we did. We did sort of say at half-time. Well, Brendan Rodgers will tell him to keep tight at the back, change it around a little bit, and, and hope to get a goal or two. And obviously, as we just looked at each other when that one went in, four-two. Uh, Mister Luckman scored the to make it four-two. Uh, Mike, obviously, Ian Acho was involved as well. What, what's your memories on that? I, I thought our defense were a bit uh, Laporting as we caught a little bit square and totally out of position on this one Mike what, what do you remember about that one I think Laporte was uh, caught square wasn't he this this was um, like a combination when... between uh, Ian Acho and Luke Thomas right yeah uh, that um, played him in and I, I don't know I, I thought City were uh, a wee bit shell-shocked um, Ray what do you reckon I'm not so sure. So we were, it was poor defending. And I'll, I'll point the finger, you know, that's the one where uh, the ball came into where Zinchenko, I think, passed to Gundogan. Uh, Gundogan had three players around him uh, and he got robbed. Um, and I think that's the one where I thought Zinchenko should have fouled his man. I think that was the one where he let his man go. He should have just taken a yellow card. Um, and then it comes through and. Um, Ian Nacho, if I'm right, he passes to Luckman. And actually, Concello's on the... We had two men there. Concello's on the right, Diaz is in the middle. And I think it's upon Diaz to uh, be aware of the situation, to be marked... It's, it should be him. He shouldn't have left it to um, Concello. And he left the space between himself and Concello. He should have been on Luckman. And there's no way that that ball should have got, in my opinion, to Luckman. He should have been... What, looking at him, and he wasn't. He gave him the space. Luckman got the, you know, he actually put a good ball through to him, um, perfectly timed, and uh, Luckman put it away. And you know, as I said, I was disappointed with the performance of Diaz again. Um, he's supposed to, you know, City fans laud him as the, you know, better than Van Dijk. Let's be honest, they've got to get real. He's, you know, he's um, not been the same ever since he dumped that beautiful girl, April Ivy. I don't know about that. <laughs> He's not been the same since he since he's been split from uh, John Stones. He's not been the same. You know, bring back Stones. Who, who, Mike, who needs girls when you got John Stones? <laughs> right, guys. Well, I'll, I'll stick with Ray for this because I did, did promise him we could have the last three. But obviously, uh, Colin, you want to chip in as well, and Mike. But uh, yeah, four two. So we'd forgotten how to defend. I think. Let's be honest about it. Pep's already admitted. Uh, I was reading the evening news today that we we're not very good defensively. I don't know. All of a sudden, it would fall in a Part, all these clean sheets we had. All of a sudden, Pep's decided we're not very good defensively. But uh, Fernandinho should have scored at four-two. Surely, guys, come on. Who's that? Sorry, Fernandinho with the header. The header, yeah. yeah. Oh no, I, I don't. It's no, a no, good was corner, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And it went to the far post, and Fernandinho. He, he did the right thing. He, he beat the keeper, and yeah. the player on the line got his foot to it. He hit his foot, bobbled on the bar, and went for a corner. I, I, I think that's harsh. Yeah. Um, you know, he was probably eight or ten yards out. Um, and really what you want is to, you know, put a good header in, down into the ground, beat the keeper. It's just unfortunate that someone's on the line to clear it. I think, yeah, you, I think you know, yeah, you've got something against Fernandinho at the moment. Didn't it allow the defender to get a foot? Yes. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, I, I wouldn't blame him for that. No, well, no. We're, we're obviously 4-3, guys. Uh, Ray, we'll, I say we'll come back to you. Uh, it sort of came from nowhere. Um, a bit of a long-range effort. Uh, Edison, I'm not sure, I think could have done a little bit better. What, what do you think better. about that one? He should have done better. He, you know, uh, uh, I think there's a couple of uh, uh, saves in the game where he his hand wasn't strong enough. You know, he should have been pushing that over the bar. There's a couple, I think, he should have pushed over the bar. He got lucky with the, with the Madison one, I think. He should have... That, in my opinion, should have gone over the bar as well. He got enough of his hand on it. Um, and uh, this one, again, I mean, it was look, it was good play by by Leicester. They broke again. They came down the left. They put it inside to Madison. Why are we letting Madison have an, a shot? You know, it's like, you know, we know how dangerous he is at free kicks. And uh, 
um, you know, at that sort of range. So why are we giving him the time and space to put a, have a shot? Edison should have uh, done better. He hit it, saved it onto the crossbar, fell down, and uh, Arman Itchy, Kletchy in that job, um, he scored the goal. And I, I tell you, everybody, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, pretty much all City fans were crapping it then. You know, I should give a 4-0 lead away, and now it's 4-3. And, you know, Leicester were on the front foot. They were, um, as I said, they changed that defensive uh, setup up. And they were looking more solid at the back. They were not giving us space. They were nicking the ball away from us. We weren't having this same level of control, easy control that we had in the first half. Uh, it was a totally different game. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Leicester fans were singing they were going to win 5-4 when they were 4-1 down. So we started <laughs> to panic just, just a wee bit. Uh, obviously, we only had to wait about three or four minutes. So I thought City got a modicum of coolness about them after that third goal, to be honest, even though Leicester were up for it. And uh, uh, we don't usually score from corners, but we seem to be knocking quite a few in just lately, uh, Ray, didn't we? So what, what happened with that uh, one that made us all a little bit, breathe a little bit better, a little bit better? Well, you're right, such a, f- a few minutes after... Um... After the the the, the, the Leicester goal, um, and uh, there's another corner. Um, is this I'm trying to remember which is is this the one? This uh, no, it's not the one that's Sterling one. That's the next one. I mean, there's so many. There's another corner. They were, they were fouling us again. They were fouling us again uh, in the box, I think. Uh, but um, and wrong people, as I said, on Laporte. Laporte, uh, pretty. Three. I mean, I think the the focus was. I think Diaz had, had two of them um, trying to take him out, and that left Laporte, and he just kind of. I thought he looped it too high, but he, he put it right in the corner. They had no one on the line, and it was five three. And I think when that went in, we said, "Yeah, we can breathe, breathe again." Uh, get games well, done now at 5 3. There's no well, way. I'm going to come to Ray for that last goal in a minute, but I'm going to come to Mike and Colin for a couple of other incidents. I mean, uh, Mike, I'll come to you first. Uh, all Brighton uh, after the 5 3, about 79th minute. What I mean, it reminded me of Ian Actual's miss against us in that 1 0 Vinny game against Leicester, where it seemed to be easy to get it on target. It was a header, but not, not a shot. But it seemed to be, you know, he could just head it and pick his spot. Do you remember that one, Mike, from Old Brighton in the 79th minute? I do, I do. I, um, I, I've been, um, I've been listening recently to the, um, you know, the uh, the podcast by the Guardian. They're bigging up Old Brighton uh, a lot, um, probably a little bit unnecessarily uh, as an unsung hero. But um, he had a, a very, very clear chance, and they had several chances actually throughout the game, and, and especially in the second half. Old Brighton is a dangerous, uh, uh, underrated player, and uh, he sh- he should have scored them. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think Old Brighton's very underrated, and uh, there was another head. I can't remember who it was, but there was another header like that over the weekend where the player just had all he had to do was get his head on it, and it goes in, and, and he nodded it. Tried to get a glance on it, and nodded it wide. So again, we were a, a bit lucky. But hey, well, we were saying yeah, I mean, at the game, we were saying at the game. When you go into that kind of complacent, lethargic mode, it's very difficult to to pull yourself out of it in many ways. And Leicester had the momentum behind them, and um, you know it was it was a bit nerve wracking, wasn't it? Well, I'll stay with you, Colin, because there was another one, wasn't there? Uh, Ian Acho got through with just Edison to beat, and uh, Edison uh, again. Uh, Stayed big and, and made the block. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, I do. And what, what one of the things. Um, one, one of the criticisms levelled against Edison, I'm not sure it's entirely fair, is um, I mean, Joe Hart was so good at that, making himself big and stopping shots. But, uh, one of the criticisms against Edison, not not, not particularly one that I'd make, I, I guess, but um, th- th- he's not that good in that situation. And we've seen, you know, we, we've seen him, his lack of judgment when he comes rushing out when perhaps he should be staying still. But yeah, it, it, it was a great, um, it was a great stop. And again, it looked like a goal. I mean, this game could have been like 7-5, 8-5, couldn't it? Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a free kick that we, we switched off. They took a quick free kick, yeah. slipped it down the uh, uh, channel. And um, actually, if Ian Acho, he needed to dink it, but he just tried to, you know, slam it past Edison. Yeah. I think it hit his shoulder. Hit his shoulder? Shoulder. And uh, by safety. 
There we go. Well, that was uh, Ray, to you for the final goal that did finally settle our nerves, didn't it? I mean, again, it came from a corner, almost a carbon copy, but a slight, slight difference, obviously, in the, who headed it and who got it in the net. Uh, talk yeah. us well, if, if you're of our age, you remember Jimmy Cricket, and he'll say, hey, and there's more, and there's more. <laughs> uh, sorry for the accent there. <laughs> um, obviously, you don't remember Jimmy Cricket, uh, the comedian. Anyway, um, it, there was more. There was time for another goal. Um, and, and, and I think Raheem uh, was in the box and he was uh, squirming around trying to uh, get a, a shot through. He ended up getting tackled and he, he fought whilst he was on the floor to, to get um, get the ball back and he ended up uh, getting knocked out for a corner. Um, I think Leicester a bit uh, aggrieved because they, they thought um, it should have been uh, a foul um, on their defender, but it, a corner it was. And the corner came in, headed down, I can't remember, was it Diaz who headed it? And... Um, yeah, it was. Raheem yes. was there just yeah, to, yeah. Uh, you know, it was going across him and he put it uh, uh, the other way past the keeper. So uh, as Schmeichel was going to his left, Raheem was just stood there and popped it back uh, the way Schmeichel had come. So nice little goal for Raheem. I think overall, yeah, he had a, a decent game. Um, the first half, he was, he was awesome. Uh, the way he was scooting past the defenders, it, it was like they weren't there. It was brilliant. Um, obviously, he got he won the penalty. Got his uh, got a couple of goals in the game. I just want to see him do this on a regular, consistent basis. Now <laughs> he's got was it five league goals in five games. Um, he looks better, but at his age, I, I just think he should be more consistent. He should be putting in these performances time and time again. And it's it's all very well getting past a defender, uh, using your pace, you know, burn burning past them, whatever. But what I want to I want to see him actually, you know, more of these. Um, opportunities turn into goals and assists. And I think if he can get that back into his game, then uh, we suddenly, out of nowhere, a guy that people can get rid of him, uh, suddenly we've got a, a top player again. And um, we, you know, we, we want him, um, you know, he's, he's back to £100 million instead of £60 million. Well, guys, um, I, I, I don't want to raise your blood te- temperatures uh, too much, <laughs> but... Um, it appears that the team that we're talking about, obviously Brendan Rodgers was complaining at the end of that game because he didn't have Ricardo Pereira, he didn't have um, uh, a Pat Sandaka, um, he didn't have a So Yonchu, but they appear to be just on the brink of beating Liverpool. Don't, 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 Mike, 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 don't it's say It's 89th minute, guys, come I'll on. Tell you what. No, it's not, Mike, we're in injury time. We're all, your, your stream's a bit delayed. We're in injury time already. Okay, Mike, okay. I'll, tell, I'll tell you something, and it re- relates to the City game, okay? Uh, as someone said, why do City accounts always have to um, put stuff out? Uh, this is on Twitter. <laughs> put stuff out to jinx us. Um, because City had, before the Leicester game, in the previous 14 games, conceded zero chances from uh, counter-attacks, zero chances and then in that Leicester game they, 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 they scored goals from their counter-attacks not just had chances but they scored goals and an interesting stat I read uh, was that in the 16 games Rodri has appeared in, opposition have had two chances from counter-attacks in 16 games and in the three games that he's not appeared they've had five chances from counter-attacks so it's like, is Rodri the new you know, is Rodri the you know the new Fernandinho and and then some? Well, well Fernandinho looks like the old, uh, the old literally Fernandinho, doesn't it? Not old in age. Yeah. I don't, I don't, he wasn't. I mean, he's not the Fernandinho we know when you had loved. Yeah, but I, I think people have been overly harsh on him because people said, well, you know, we, you know, if Rodri was there, they wouldn't have scored the goals. Well, you know, what can Fernandinho do about um, Laporte slipping and Diaz making yeah. a cock up? You know, I wouldn't blame Fernandinho for the goal. Yeah, so people, people are blaming him and say. The, the great thing is people are seeing what Rodri is now. Yeah, and there was a lot used to slag him off. You know, he's too slow, turning circle of an old type. But now people, you know, it, it just takes players a long time, doesn't it, to settle yeah. into a Pep system? Uh, and oh, Rodri guys. has settled in, and he's in a crucial part of that system. And people, guys, this is so exciting! This is so exciting! Mike, don't worry Second about five minutes it. To go. Liverpool are throwing the kitchen sink at Mike. Leicester. Mike. One oh my god! <laughs> Mike, don't worry. You know we're not Leicester a good side. Don't <laughs> jinx it, Mike. That's right. all. I said. Okay. Let's, let's... okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. Let's ask a question. Let me. I'm a question I've got on my notepad. Um, while we see out this game, 
James Madison or Jack Grealish? James Madison. Yeah, I mean, f- future Grealish. I can see potential future, but obviously Madison's doing it now, isn't he? And I think he's so much more a versatile player. There's more to his game than, than Grealish. I, mean, I like Grealish. I'm not, you know, it's, he is, he, I think he will give us a lot, but I think James Madison's such a complete player. In our, in our side, he'd be absolutely exceptional. He'd, he'd be loving it. He'd be loving it. He reminds me a bit of Nazri. Uh, he'd be loving it. He'd, but the th- thing is, he's got that ability to, not only has he got a good shot on him, he's got a good free kick. Um, he's got a good pass. He can drift past players, um, link up play. He's just uh, he is an awesome talent. But <laughs> you knock on the door of Leicester, I'm yeah. sure asking eighty million. You know, the, 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 funny, the funny thing, Bernard, is that um, we've actually been linked with Tielemans, um after this particular game. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't I, probably last year. I mean, as I said, I think Madison's the only one that would sort of interest me at the moment to be honest with you uh, some of the others are a bit in and out aren't they let's be honest about it uh, but uh, I, I think the thing with Leicester as well is I mean is the, the, considering considering obviously based on what I'm hearing tonight now from you guys uh, considering they're very depleted and they've well, only Leicester got, won. They've got sorry Leicester have won super well they've got these- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are, they have suffered vastly from COVID. They suffered a lot from injuries, and I mean that's a remarkable victory from tonight. I mean, I thought. I mean, you look at the stats against us. Uh, it was uh, seventeen shots for us with nine on target, and it was fourteen shots with, for Leicester with eight on target. You know, so a six-three was, as I think Colin said before, uh, you know, a seven-five or a, an eight-six might have been probably a, a more reasonable scoreline. Before before we leave the Leicester game, guys, is there anything, Mike, uh, Colin, or Ray, that we've not touched upon you you want to mention about the the Leicester Leicester and City game? Anybody? No, no, forget that, Bernard. Forget that. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the excuses well, coming you. through, Mr. Clock. This is amazing results. Wow. To um, Colin, just for a, a league table update and the information on that, if he's, if he's got that to yeah, hand. Yeah, got that in front of me. What was it now? We're six points clear of Liverpool yeah. and Chelsea. With them both <laughs> come to the Etihad. Win those games, and it's you know I'd start to be cautiously optimistic. Well, let's get through Brentford and Arsenal, which are going to be tough. You know, it's interesting. Arsenal have come on. Arsenal now in the top four. Um, so Tottenham could get there if they win their games in hand, but they couldn't couldn't win at Southampton. But um, United on. So it's the, the top four: City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Arsenal, all on 19 games now. Arsenal on 35, Liverpool, Chelsea on 41. Of course, it's on 47. Uh, West, West Ham are also on 19 on 31. Um, Spurs are on 17 games and 30. So they say could break into the top four. And, and they they seem to be playing a lot better. And behind them in seventh place, of course, is our friends Manchester United, who um, who uh, got a, a very um, you know, valuable point at Newcastle last night. <laughs> In, in my, um, avoid relegation. There's not many teams have got a point at Newcastle. Um, <laughs> They've always got most three. have got all three. <laughs> and um, well, it's looking good, guys, isn't it? Listen, we've got to mention it. We've got to mention a certain player now. I want everyone's opinion on this guy. I'll give you my opinions when when you three, you three have given yours. I'll start with you, Mike. Uh, Ferran Torres. Apparently, he's, uh, Barcelona have agreed us to pay us a pound a week for the next five hundred years or something like that. I'm not, I'm not too sure how it works out, but uh, just on the player, Mike, and the situation, uh, what's your feelings? Are you, are you bothered? Uh, are you sad? What, what, what's your thinking, Mike? Well, I, I guess like a lot of um, city players, we are wondering where they get the money from. <laughs> no, uh, but but apparently it's uh, what fifty five million euros. Uh, with a possibility of going up to 65. Now, Ferran Torres um, was a guy that we thought might be able to fill in for the, um, the the striker's role. He looked good. I have to tell you, he looked good. But I think he was, um, he, I don't know if you agree, Bernard, but he was kind of like, he flitted in and out of the game. He was out of the game for long periods. Um, he wasn't as, a, 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 as an effective uh, winger as... Um, Mares or or Sterling, 
Um, he wasn't quite convinced. He had a little bit of a purple patch, didn't he, with three or four goals in in a couple of games against not that stellar opposition. So, um, yeah, we were kind of um, thinking of him for the future, wondering what was going to happen, whether he could uh, fill in. But, I mean, that seems to me 50 million in the kitty for uh, Erling Holland. Yeah, I mean, you're right there. I mean, I think the game where he stands out was obviously the Newcastle one, wasn't it? Where he scored a great little hat trick. Yeah, fantastic. But like you were saying, Mike, I mean, I, I, he did flit in and out. He had good games. He had games where he just disappeared. He, he just didn't see him. He's 21. He's 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, Ray, I mean, I've, I've looked at this and obviously he played during the COVID season. So he didn't play in front of fans, did he? Let's be honest about it. He didn't, he didn't have a chance to get the city bug, let's face it. So certain players, once you play for us and the fans are there, even there's an empty seat, there's something about our, our you know, city fans that sort of affects these players that they want to come back and be ambassadors for us and God knows what. But uh, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts, Ray? I mean, as I said, it on this situation. If they've been fans there last season, yeah, and he fell in love with the fans, and the fans fell in love with him. If Barcelona come calling in in December, he's still going. There's no chance he's not he's going to turn that down. So, you know, I, I don't you know I don't blame the kid because he's probably grown up supporting one of the big clubs in in Spain, Barcelona. They come knocking, and yes, they've got a lot of pull. And Torres is probably looking at it. I mean, if I look at it right now, he's out of the side. He was out of the side because he came back injured from Spain duty. He's got he's got a good record. People diss him. He scored um, 12 goals in 24 appearances for Spain, including a hat-trick against Germany. And he scored nine goals in about 26 or 28 appearances for City, which is not bad for a kid played predominantly out wide last season and as a false nine or a nine this season when he's not used to it. So, you know... He's, he's a lot better than I think people give him credit for. But he's looking at it right now that on the if he wants to play on the right, well, Maras is there and Sterling's been playing there as well. Um, and if he wants to play on the left, well, you're not getting past Foden and, and Sterling if they're on the left. He's left with a false nine or a nine. Maybe he doesn't like that position. Maybe he wants to go back out wide, where, which is what he'll do probably with um, uh, Barcelona. But he's a lot better than I think, as I said, people give him credit for. One thing I really like about him, yes, he does flit in, in and out of games, but give him a chance. He's got an eye for where the goal is. He doesn't, I, I saw this a few times last season with Riyad Mahrez, with Sterling and with Gabriel Jesus. When they're presented with a chance, like, um, and they have to take it quick like a volley, they're just happy to hit it hard and hit it on target. And as, uh, as long as it's on target, they're happy. But if you know if you do that, the goalie's got a chance of saving if it's too near him. Torres doesn't. Torres, given the opportunity, he looks to pass the ball into the net, past the keeper. And if he hits it firmly enough, keeper's not going to save it. So I think he's got a very, very good eye for the goal, where, well, where the goal is. The technique we saw with that hat-trick against Newcastle, awesome. You know, he's got a, a tremendous goals. Um, the link-up he did uh, early in the season, last season, with Fordham in the Champions League, there's a lot to like about him, in, in my opinion. Um, and I honestly believe if this had been pre-COVID times, he'd been playing for Benfica a couple of years back, like Joao Felix was. If City went, went knocking on their door after he'd had a decent, I think a half-decent season last season and a reasonable start this season, if City were knocking on the door, they'd be paid 80 million quid, 100 million quid for Torres. So to get a little under 50 million, I think he's on potential worth a little bit more from what he's shown. But on the other hand, if the kid wants to go back, you take the money, you make a good profit in your account. You've got, you know, whatever, um, a best part of 37 million euro profit uh, in your accounts. Um, you can, you're not bothered about the the, uh, the way Barcelona are paying because if you want, you factor the debt off. You sell that debt to a to a bank, probably that, uh, that Metro Bank in Australia. I think they're doing a lot of deals with Premier League clubs. You you know you uh, factor it off, you finance it off, and get most of the money up front. You sort your cash flow out. So you know, yes, I would have liked it, got a bit more uh, for for him. Yes, I'm a little sad that he's gone, but look, he do as I said, he he, he wanted to go back to Spain. Um, obviously didn't appreciate the lovely Manchester weather. Um, <laughs> sunshine, 300 days a year, uh, every year. <laughs> Let the kid go, take the money, move on. And that's yeah. it. Let's not forget, he, he only cost us uh, 22 million, I think. 
He cost us 23 million euros, 21 million pounds. Yeah, yeah. Gave 55 million euros for him. Be happy. You know, it's decent money. People who have... Look, there's people who criticise Cheeky for selling players on the cheap. And you got, you got. I think we've got a decent price for a kid who doesn't want to be here. Uh, Barcelona obviously see something in him because they've got to put a buyout clause of one billion euros on this kid. <laughs> one billion euros. I think. Let, let's let, let's face it, uh, guys. He 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 apparently is a good friend of Eric Garcia, and um, he is very very similar to Eric Look, Garcia. Let's in that honest, if he paid us fifty five million for Garcia and Torres, I'd have been happy. Um, you know, combined, we've got night for Garcia, we've got 55 for Torres. I'm happy with that. But guys, listen, I'll come to you now, Cole. Yeah, just to be on, on the Torres thing. Obviously, um, once a player, we don't want players at the club who don't want to be at the club. It's as simple as that. He doesn't want to be at City, he wants to be somewhere else. So we're quite happy for him to go and with our best wishes and thanks for obviously contributing last season there, Cole. Obviously, uh, your thoughts on Torres, and obviously any financial implications you can you can think of as well. Yeah, I think Ray's covered most of it. I mean, if he doesn't want to be here, you can't not blame him for that. He's a young kid, come away to a foreign country. Let's be honest, you know, Manchester's a Manchester winter is not that enticing. Uh, there are worse places, like where my son used to live in Pennsylvania. But you know, um, we, we've all done it, and we you know we, we've all done jobs that we're not happy about. We want to be somewhere else. And, and good luck say good luck to him. As Ray says, we've probably made about a 40 million euro profit on him, which uh, and we've done it usually when you do deals in the summer, they go into the next accounts. That goes into into these accounts. Don't know what difference it makes. But but the money we get for him is allegedly the money that uh, well the fifty-five plus ten um in adults is um makes up Haaland's supposed release clause in the summer. But, of course, they, you've got Real and you've got all, all that stuff going on around that. But, you know, it, it's money in the bank. Uh, people talking, just when you talk about Chiqui Bagheri Stana selling players cheap, I, 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 I didn't, um, in the last book one, King of the Kipax, so I did a financial analysis uh, and I went back six years for using the published accounts uh, up to 2020. So that's uh, 2015 financial year through to 2026 years. And what I did is I looked at the cash in and out. So basically, how do we finance our, our transfers? Now, yeah, yeah, uh, on the surface, we aren't very good at selling. So, um, but when you look at the, uh, unfortunately, City don't publish a cash flow statement uh, for City, but you, you can only get it for CFG. <laughs> so I've taken the CFG figures, and over the last six years, in terms of cash we've generated, both from our normal operations and transfers, that comes to just over a billion pounds in, in six years to 2020. And we've paid out <coughs> over a, just slightly less in transfers. So it's 1.035 billion pounds in uh, and, and a billion pounds out. So people say we don't sell very well, but we sold well enough to fund all our incoming transfers, which is what you want. So so any money we get, any, any kind of the investment we get goes to infrastructure. Uh, but, so that, that that's perfect. Um, we 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 generate in, enough money on our sales, and we forget, of course, it's all the academy players. You know, you sell a, a few for five, ten million. It's all money in the pot, uh, and we've generated enough money to cover all our in, incoming transfers without any external investment. So. Yeah, that's fine with me. Super. Well, guys, that's uh, covered all the points I wanted to cover on this show. Is there anything you three have we've not talked about you want to raise on on our wonderful club or football in general? Yeah, guys, I, I just wanna I just want to have a few thoughts on that result. Um, Leicester one, Liverpool zero, and and just just um, asking you, Bernard, what do you think Klopp will make of that? <laughs> we are watching the game, mate. I mean, obviously, I'm sure he'll take it calmly, reasonably, uh, constructively. Uh, he does. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Histrionics, does he? He's always very calm, cool, calculated, uh, and I'm sure he'll approach it in the same way. <laughs> That's so sweet. So sweet. It's so sweet. Hang on, off the off of the presses. Virgil van Dijk has been quoted as saying, I think they deserve the win. 
Now, Klopp will keep yeah. his arse around the changing room. <laughs> what date is it today? Let me check. <laughs> oh, guys, this is so this is so good. This is so sweet. Well, Happening live as we give you this pod. It's windy. Too windy tonight. Grass too long. <laughs> Clappers, I, think, I think the clappers must have been uh, sort yeah, of shouting in fight in the faces or something like that. A load of clappers, I think. Clops, clops, clappers. Yeah. Said. I clops, think. Clappers. I think they've had too much rest. Liverpool. They've been unfairly done here because they, they didn't have a game on Boxing Day, so they've had too yeah, much. Yeah, rest. You got to understand. Like Leicester had like no recovery time, and Liverpool have had about a week. So I mean, what? Yeah, but it's, you know, they they they've kind of gone off the boil, haven't they, in that week? Klopp really wanted to play that game, that extra game that got called off on Boxing Day. I mean, you know, you know, all right, he said he didn't, but he did really want to play it. Keep keep the players fresh and and motivated, and you know, um, he, he'll be upset. Uh, oh, hang on, Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp asked if Leicester deserved the win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We were just not good enough. I mean, where does he get these excuses from? Absolutely. Well, there you go, guys. I mean, uh, I think uh, Mike, uh, Colin and Ray will call it call it a day there on, on this little show. Uh, I've totally enjoyed trying to be in charge of you lot, but it's, it's never an easy task, and I hope the, hope the listeners enjoyed it anyway. So uh, my thanks, uh, thanks to you, Mike, uh, for letting me do this tonight. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. And Ray for joining me and uh, obviously helping me through this uh, debut, debut on Bolt from the Blue. Well, thanks, your Ray. Debut, your debut, as you say, down under. Uh, it's been a uh, lovely. You're next, Ray. Thank you're nice. next. <laughs> and Colin, my, my, and, Co- and uh, Colin, my thanks to you, mate. Thanks very much. It's always a pleasure. And particularly, I think we're all in a good mood tonight, aren't we, having seen it? It's been a, been a good one, hasn't it? And uh, I think before we finish, I think we have to say something. What is it we have to say? Is it up the blues, I think we say, don't we? So thank, thanks, guys, for listening to this uh, show. And up the blues.